Hatfield in Pretoria. There's a Doxadeo campus, and on this campus, there's a worship leader called Manalisi Mdaka. Hello, Manalisi. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi, Janine. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Lekker, man, lekker. Very, very well. So, um, Manalisi, I, I love the fact that you can sing. This I know because I've listened to your single, and I know, okay, the man can sing. I also oh. know that you can play a few instruments because, you know, uh, obviously you find that out in the grapevine. But before we get to your music, I first want to get to know All you right. as a person. If you had to introduce yourself to someone who's never met you before, personality, what do you do for a living, you know, that kind of thing. Who's Manalisi Mdaka? Sheesh. Uh, I think the most uh, salient uh, fact about me is that I'm quite tall and big as a guy, uh, but I've been noted to be a soft-hearted gent uh, at the same time. So if you haven't spoken to me, you'll be afraid. But as soon as you get to meet me, <laughs> I think we'll be nice. Uh, so, gentle giant. Another, a gentle giant is, is the, the colloquial term. I usually get uh, approached in supermarkets to reach for top shelf <laughs> items. And Can I just I've say, my fair I'm, share. I'm not. I'm the short you who's going to ask you to reach for me to my <laughs> <high> shelves. <laughs> I've seen I've seen people perfect their puppy eyes approaching me and I've I've seen a good amount. I think I'm immune now. So one day when I have kids, I'll be able to manage that as soon as they ask me for ice cream. Um but yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 a music fanatic. I love the Lord like 100%. That is the dopest person I've ever known in my entire life because he created it. Um, and uh, I am passionate, deeply passionate about music. I love people. Um, I am a self-titled uh, cookie monster and later affirmed and dubbed by my family because if there are cookies anywhere near me, they don't have much of a time span left in their existence. So those are the big things <laughs> about me that uh, I think people would like to know and some interesting facts around that. The bane of cookie souls, I shame. And they must write books about <laughs> you in cookie memory, the legacy, the legend, yes. the, that guy yes. that you are. It's, it's One good day. To, it's good yes. to confess your sins early on in the interview, you know. So well, <laughs> Janine, I won't even lie. This is one prayer point for me and God, I'm like, Lord, you have to help me. I don't think I can help myself here. No, I, yeah, this is this is deep. But yeah. Cookies are not an idol in my life. No, no. Oh, no. Yeah, no. No, no. And that's how the cookie crumbles. You you, know? you, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> well done. Well done. Well, Alicia, but I, I love the way, I love the tone of your voice while you're saying the name of Jesus and that he impresses you so much. Where did you meet him? How did you meet him that this is such a truth in your life? Sure. I, I, I think... Um, Meeting him and knowing him are two different things, I guess, in my life. Uh, so I grew up in, in uh, the, the Christian household. We, we had deep Christian values. So I understood who he was. Um, the grapevine was in my lounge. So I could hear all about him. I knew what he's about, um, at least to an effect. But there's a massive difference between meeting him. So I'd, I'd like to say, you know, in terms of the salvation portion of it, um, I got saved by my Taekwondo instructor. Uh, that's another story. Um, no, 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 no. I want the juicy details. Thank you. Don't be a, don't be a man. It is not. It don't is, be a man. It is a beautifully mundane story. Okay, tell <laughs> so. me the beautiful 
definitely mad. This is, I'm fascinated. To me, that's like the love story of the ages is how people get saved. Give me the details. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I used to do Taekwondo. Um, as a, uh, a, young, a young boy, I was very active uh, as well. So I think it was around the age of 12. Um, my brother was here in Pretoria and um, through, again, the grapevine of my mother, um, he had accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal savior. So after um, some dungeon kicking and hayas, uh, we were driving <laughs> back uh, to a prayer meeting my mom was a part of and my instructor was going to drop me off there. And on the way, we're having conversations about, you know, what's happening in life. How's my family? I'm like super excited because my brother is saved. And I'm like, I really don't want to miss out on this. It's so cool because I really look up to my my elder brother like big time, um, even though I'm taller than him and he most of the time looks up to me. But um, <laughs> the, the whole thing <laughs> came as a beautiful exchange. And he was like, listen, you don't have to wait or do some big thing. I can really, you know, lead you to Christ now. Because in my head, it was like, oh, I have to do it at my local church. Um, it doesn't help that he was white and he was a Dwemini in some other church. You know, I wasn't making those uh, connections, but he did. And I was like, you know what? Why miss out? Let me go in. Let me, you know, give my, my life to Jesus. And we did. And it wasn't the biggest magical moment. I think the meeting of Jesus was the biggest ma magical moment. Um, but yeah, and he dropped me off. And when my mom came out of the prayer meeting, I was like, mom, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and personal savior. She was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I was like, what happened here? How did this happen? I'm, 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 I'm guessing she wanted to be a part of it. You know, I think it's a beautiful thing if your parents can lead you to Christ. Mm. But yeah, I think she does in any case. Um, so yeah, even today in the way she exercises her faith, it's a big mark of how I, I, I view the faith and I'm challenged by it. Um, but then, you know, you, you, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal savior, but um, to take that and take full ownership of that requires a lot. So I think because I was so used to living like a Christian, um, I didn't feel the need to make it an ownership thing. It was still very much a, this is the how we do it at home kind of thing. Mm. Um, and not necessarily, this is how I'm responding to who Jesus is because of who he is. That means I'm spending time getting to know who he is so that I can respond to who he is in the way that I live my life, you know? Um, and I think, yeah, I went down a deep, dark hole in that sense. Um, in various ways, uh, I had an addiction, um, that I had to, you know, work through in my house, high school years. And on the brink of, you know, coming into Pretoria and being in varsity, I think I had one of the worst years spiritually, um, where I was just really mad at God for all the things. I, I called it the year I moved out of the grace of my parents. Um, and I was fully exposed. Um, so I think that unraveled a lot of things. I tried things that just didn't work um, from your alcohols to your drugs to those type of things. And I was like, they don't resonate with me, but I just don't want this Jesus thing. <laughs> and um, on and on, God would just continue pursuing me. I remember one night where I was heavily in need of a father and I remember him vividly meeting me as a father in 
in the worst state of who I could be, um, in my eyes at least. Um, and he met me as a father and I still ignored him. And then um, one day uh, doing an internship in Johannesburg for a corporate firm, um, I went and, you know, I was commuting, you know, from work and back. It was like doing a vacation work while I was studying. And then I was on the how train. I remember this vividly. Uh, coming back from work and I'm just, you know, reading, uh, the book. I was reading The Shack at the time, you know, oh, nice. uh, interested in this book because I've heard of it so many times. What is this about? And I read it. And in that moment, he decides to just tap me <laughs> on the heart and he's like, Hey, man, listen. Um, so I love you, man. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay. I started doing the Moses thing of listing why he shouldn't, you know, the counter chats of, yeah. you know, but, but Lord, you know, I did that. I did this. I heard that person and I clearly misrepresented you. I lived a double life where in one hand I'm, I'm, you know, looking like a good boy, but there's, there's a, there's a, there's a boy who's hiding in the deep dark corner and he points to that boy and he says, I love that boy. I love everything about him. And I still refute him. And he said this one liner and he says, um, Manilisi, I am love for me not to love you would be for me not to be myself. Um, and that hit me and I cried on the how train during peak hour. And I was like, okay, if that's the way it is, then take me, <laughs> take me all the way. <laughs> and I met Jesus there and it, oh man, our relationship, you know, that high, that the boom, you know, it just, it kicks it on a high. And it was just a beautiful, um, um, journey ever since I've been discovering every ebb and flow of this Christian life. And it is amazing. Um, uh, I, 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 I would not choose any alternative to that. I can't fathom any alternative to it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, uh, grateful that he continued to pursue me in this, um, pursue me past my flaws, pursue me past the decisions that, um, I'd allowed to layer between us a, a, a chasm, um, you know, and, decide, hey, I'm just going to not even build a bridge. I'm jumping over, you know, because um, <laughs> I'm almighty and I'm going to meet you there. And from there, I'll take you on the journey that you deserve to be on um, as a bearer of my image, as uh, the person that I love, um, a person from uh, who, who was created out of my own essence. Mm. Um, so let's go. And I'm in it now. It's, <laughs> it's a beautiful Tricky but amazing thing. Yeah, I love it. And and the one thing about being a musician, um, if you're passionate about music, Louis Britt always used to say that you've got a soundtrack to your life. Nah, it'll either Ooh. be when we, the, the us plebs who can't make music, we we find the songs that at at specific times in our lives stand out as the songs that define our heart at that stage. But you are a song creator. You are someone that that makes yeah. music. Did your music follow your heart as it went all these different routes? Yeah, to to a big extent, um, it it did. Uh, I think the transition. Um, from, from the previous life, because, um, I used to, to, uh, well, I, I still am, but a big, uh, fanatic of hip hop and hip hop was the first creative experience in music mm. that I had and a partake, uh, in. And most of the time, uh, everything that I was influenced by and that I desired then would find its way into my music, whether it resonated with the truth in me or not, um, I'd play that in. 
And I think the transition from, you know, living a life that is not really true to Jesus and then living a life that is true to Jesus, he started redefining, you know, what both both in what I listen to and consume, those songs that I, I, I adopt and I say, this is my life. I saw him wipe my entire catalog of music um, I can imagine. just to give me a song to live by. Yeah, my perception of, of <laughs> hip-hop in the world specifically, is it's got very um, yeah. bitter even lyrics. A lot of the lyrics is like, yeah. I hate my mother. And, you know, no, no, seriously, this is my perception of yeah. much of the rap and hip-hop stuff is there was a lot of anger behind it more than there would be anything else. Is this the truth yeah. or was I have I got a preconceived idea? Yeah. I would put it in this way. I think one of the things he pointed out in my journey of trying to figure out, yo, um, what is what am I supposed to be saying now? And he reflected on the, 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 the artists I would listen to and he says, Well, you aspire to be like them and I think they're speaking authentically to where they are. In some mm. instances it's, mm. it's not because you know, commercial industries there's there's a lot of hands behind it. Um, but some artists are speaking from their voice and their experiences. So imagine if they were to create from a different experience of maybe encountering them. So yeah, and some of them are speaking the truth about that. And there's there's a lot of need for hope there. And some of them have hopeful messages that that I could find. So it was just a balance of that. But in the majority of what was popular in that space, um, none of it would be messages that would uplift the community. We're slowly seeing a shift um, in that in terms of who's praised in terms of the music. But yeah, I think back then at least, uh, the, the types of language that was used, the types of um, concepts, the way... Um, people were spoken about. It's not the most healthiest things for people to consume, but um, to some of those artists, it was the reality that they faced. What was the unfortunate part is that what was popularized was the negative parts of mm. their lives. Mm. Yeah. And that became the cycle that fed the machine. So if they were to, you know, popularize the hopeful aspects, we'd have a different message within it. And I think there's there's a lot of even Christian hip hop artists who, who are able to transverse these two lives and, and be able to speak the truth of where they come from, the real and authentic spaces that they're in, and then also bring hope and truth and be able to to speak life into those circumstances. And I think in my transitional journey, that's what God was trying to move me towards. It was like, I know that hip hop resonated with you because it was an authentic experience. Every lyric, there was space to be fully authentic and fully paint a story. But there are better stories for you to listen to, better stories that could guide the way you think about life because what you consume influences the way you think. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can say that, yeah. If you can do it well, because even though you're talking about the negativity and everything, but the poetic, the language that they were using, mm. it was, and I'm not talking about the swearing or anything like that. I'm, t I'm talking about yeah, how yeah. intelligently <laughs> they communicate mm. on this beat. It was a very strong way of communicating. And I'm thinking, mm. if mm. you can do it, if a Christian who loves Jesus can keep the authentic sincerity of it, the laying yourselves bare, which is part of the whole communication, but if he can do it, well in a way that is mm. on par at the standard where people are willing to listen to the quality of your music yes then you can you can redefine the whole perception of this music style mm, 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 mm. yeah no definitely um there's room to broaden um what is possible in any creative manner um 
Yeah, I'm just wondering whether those who consume it so many times are angry as well, and is maybe that's why they relate so well to the style that had been defined as it will it will amplify my anger. You know, whether it would be received yeah. well if suddenly you start being all nice. <laughs> I think I, I think <laughs> um, I think there's there's a need for every person to to find someone that resonates with them. Mm. Um, I think the 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 failing part is like. Do we take them to a better place after they've finished listening to what we're we're saying to them? So can we acknowledge where they are, but bring them to a higher truth? Can we step into their reality and bring them to a truer reality to help them see that no, it's not it's not all that bad where you are. Mm. There are better places. There is a way out. I yeah. Think then we'll be winning. Yeah. Then you'll be yeah. winning. But this is not the style that you worship in a church. I mean, you know, no. a worship leader at a I normal, wish. like a contemporary <laughs> church out there. And so I'm wondering now, <laughs> do you have to compromise your taste to be a worship leader or do all music styles just some, somehow tickle you? I say, um, well, since, since I'm a musician, um, just both, you know, vocally, instrumentally as well, I think I have a great appreciation for what sounds amazing um any creativity that is given with beautiful excellence is appealing to me um i think well growing up i grew up in the gospel sense and there were songs i'm a very uh lyric also heavy person so what people say matters just as much mm. as how they sound and if you're going to make a great song but you're saying nothing i don't think it's a great song <laughs> and that's just my preference but um in in the christian contemporary world i think it's just the what is attractive to me is just the, um, well, yeah, the declaration of truth. I wasn't always like that. I remember my mom asking me why I don't listen more to gospel songs and I'm always listening to hip hop. And I was like, you guys are saying the same thing over and over and over again. You gotta <laughs> yeah. say it differently. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> um, there was, you know, at, you know, she, she, she was like, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just leave you there, my son. You know, the Lord is working on your life. Um, and yeah, and I, I think that's what what draws me to that. It's 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 a music that seeks to express our relationship with God, and it gave me a vocabulary for what that looks like. Um, worship gives a vocabulary for, for for my prayer life. It gives uh, a repeated vocabulary uh, vocabulary for how I read the scriptures and I devote. Um, so that's what drew me to the liking of it. But also my history in serving in the church. Um, was 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 what made it okay for me. I can still listen to hip hop, you know. I I finish a worship set at church, and the first thing I do is I go and blast some Jay Monty or, or Ty Brazel in the car, you know. He's because you can't about Jesus listen to it softly. Way. It has to be blaring. <laughs> <laughs> it has to. I mean, those eight oh eights they come in through. But um, and and also to be able to serve a, a communal context with that truth is is a massive privilege. So um, I think I'm happy in in being a worship leader where I am and still having a different musical taste to the one that we do communally because it's more than just uh, an offering of a service like a product it's more of creating a, a fellowshipping experience with the people that I'm with and if we're singing we praise you or we're singing gongke or we're singing um, um, your holy spirit you're welcome here these are the songs that are 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 creating a space where we can just spend time in God's presence and really be aware of who he is and respond to him together. And it's a beautiful thing. 
Okay, well, we've got to get you a song eventually. We have to get to eventually. the song that you created. No, I've, I've got some background now, although I do have some more questions for you. But, you know, it's already yes. 20 minutes, so maybe we should keep ourselves in here. Um, Manalisi, What He's Done. Yeah. That's the song that we're going to listen to today. But I don't want to just listen to the song and enjoy it for the beauty that it has. I want to hear what your heart meant me to hear when you wrote the song. What is it that sure. you want me to not miss? Well, I, I'd first say um, I did not write the song, um, unfortunately, um, but fortunately, it was a group of our worship leaders at uh, Doxodeo um, and through Revelation Enterprises who penned the song. And I think they penned a very beautiful song. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it it it's it's so it's so in your face <laughs> i can say it's it's a strong declaration of the gospel i think we can never stop singing about the gospel and what it it has done to transform our lives what um it offers us um and the gift of the gospel and what that offers us and this song just reflects on that this is what he did this is who jesus is this is what he stepped into this is what he came out with and we're living into that um we're living out of that in the space so i'd really want people to really take to heart um the gospel but in a victorious way in a joyful manner just proclaiming listen god has done an amazing thing for my life and now i get to to live in victory i am redeemed i am restored because of the work that he's done um let's let's sing more of the gospel and 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 make it a part of our lives and and live from that truth that we get to sing about yeah his name is manalisi mdaka This one's called What He Has Done. It's by Revelation Enterprises. And uh, I'm hoping you're going to love the boldness too.